Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in to Talks with Tatiana. On today's episode, I will be talking with a special guest about his journey with multiple sclerosis, also known as MS, along with discussing how he manages his mental health while dealing with his diagnosis in honor of Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. is a rare disease with fewer than 200,000 U.S. cases of it per year, according to the Mayo Clinic. According to the National MS Society website, they say that MS is an immune-mediated disease, which means that an abnormal response of the body's immune system causes the disease, and that the immune system with people who have MS, it attacks their central nervous system. Um, they also say that the actual cause of why MS happens in some people's bodies is still unknown and that there isn't currently a cure for it, but scientists believe that a combination of environmental and genetic factors that contribute to the risk of developing MS. And so studies have also shown that MS is three times more common in those assigned female at birth than male. And most people are diagnosed between the ages of 20 to 50, although it can occur in younger children and older adults as well. Also, as mentioned earlier, I wanted to take the time to use this episode to acknowledge that July is Minority Mental Health Awareness Month, which is a month to bring awareness to the unique struggles that minorities face mentally and emotionally, especially due to their race and ethnic backgrounds. And so oftentimes minorities and their mental health are overlooked. And so last month in June was Men Mental Health um, Month, because oftentimes society makes it seem as if men are not allowed to feel emotional and get help when actually it's okay for anybody and everybody to get help when they need it. So I thought it was just a great way to tie it all together by allowing my guests to later on in the episode share some insight as well about not only being Black, but also being a man and still being able to take care of himself mentally. Um, so in today's episode, I have invited my amazing, strong, and dedicated cousin, Corey Mitchell, to tell us about his journey with MS and just sharing a bit about how he manages his mental health um, as well through going through this diagnosis. So um, I'm going to go ahead and bring Corey in, and you can now introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about yourself. How y'all doing? My name is Corey Mitchell. I'm from Blackwood, South Carolina. I'm married. My lovely wife, Shana Mitchell, my two kids, Morgan and Mackay. I am a police associate for the City of Columbia Police Department. Thank you um, for being a part of today's show. Um, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Um, so to start off, can you just tell us like a little bit about your journey, like where you were, um, like when you found out and like how you found out overall, how you were diagnosed with MS? Let's go back to January 25th, 2020. I was previously a, a police officer. I was on patrol and I had a spider bite on my right calf. So it got to the point where I couldn't walk on it no more. So I asked, was working overnight. So I asked my corporal, could I go home? So mm -hmm. I go to the doctor in the morning to check it out. So I went to the doctor that Sunday morning. The doctor told me it wasn't ready to be drained yet. So they gave me an antibiotic and told me to come back on Monday. Mm -hmm. I went back on Monday and they drained it and told me to come back on Tuesday just to, so they can watch it. About Wednesday, my legs start getting weak. So I asked the doctor, you know, 
you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a medical, but something's going on with my legs. He said, um, maybe it's an allergic reaction. So he changed my prescription and sent me back home. That Friday, I couldn't walk with him no more. I was in the emergency room. They ran tests on me, nothing came back. So they sent me home. I went back Sunday after my aunt told me to go ask for certain tests. They did a full body MRI and it was discovered. The doctor said I had MS, but unfortunately, we don't treat MS at this hospital. So they sent me to another hospital. When I got there, the doctor said, you don't have MS, but you have MS symptoms. So they put me on a steroid and I stayed there for a week and I went to um, therapy. And within three weeks, they came back the results. I had MS. Mm. And so like, are there like types of MS or like different stages of it? Um, and like, if so, like um, what stage of it were you diagnosed with? There are four different types. You got clinical mm. isolated syndrome. You got relapse and remitting. You got mm -hmm. secondary progressive and you got primary progressive. I have what you call primary progressive. My my flare up was when I initially got attacked. And since then, I've been working my way back up on the good side. So let's call it primary progressive. Okay, that's good. Um, and so, like, I guess since you have that particular kind, does that mean, like, it can eventually go away or, like, you will still have it? You'll just get better, I guess, over time. The thing is... Your, your, they call them flare-ups. Mm -hmm. I don't have as many flare-ups because I got the primary versus having the secondary or the progressive. Honestly, it's day-to-day. It's, it's -day. Mm -hmm. uh, you never know. All about you taking care of yourself. Right, yes. Um, and so you said it was initially detected from a spider bite. So do you know, or like when you were talking with the doctors, if you hadn't got the spider bite, would it have ever been detected at all? Or was that like a trigger for it? I want to say that spider bite was a trigger okay. because it just it just causes it flare up. It was dormant in my body, mm. so probably I probably would I probably would end up a detective a little more. But who knows? Because it was it was in me. I yeah. just had no reason to go to the doctor. Right. And so, how did you like feel? Um, I guess like mentally, physically, um, when you first received the news that you had MS. I was in dis disbelief and upset. And so I guess like during that time, were you like by yourself with the diagnosis or um, was anybody with you or did you like withhold telling anybody to like not worry them at all? My wife, mm -hmm. we um, we talked about it. Um, like I say, I found out, they, they admitted me as soon as they found out. So I was in the hospital. Mm -hmm. So we slowly let it out. But at first we were trying to figure out amongst ourselves what was going on. Right. And so how did you like choose to tell your family and friends and everyone about um, having MS? As we started telling people the, the overpouring of support and love, mm -hmm. I decided the Lord laid it on my heart to create a foundation. Yes. So basically I started telling everybody out by talking about creating a foundation. Yes. Okay. That's, I feel like that's a good way to kind of go about it. Cause I feel like it softens the blow a little bit. So, cause I feel like it's just really difficult, I guess, like when you have a close family member, like a friend, um, and then they tell you like they have a certain diagnosis. I think that's a good way that you kind of went about that. So, <laughs> um, and do you know, um, or did you, I guess, ever look into if like anybody in your family has had MS or like, did you know anybody that had it before? The only people I ever heard of, Richard Pryor had it, 
Montel John Williams, the talk show host, had it. But mm-hmm. I just gradually found out, I recently found out my great uncle had it. Okay. So I just found that out not even a few weeks ago. Okay. And so, like, finding out, like, I guess doing more research and finding out other people that had MS, did that help you in any way, like, kind of create a community, feel like you weren't alone? The thing is, I love to talk. So mm-hmm. speaking out about it, talking to different people, that that's what helps me out. Giving back to others, mm-hmm. that's what helps me out. Um, mm-hmm. I don't do the, oh, I'm so sorry, I hate it. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't have time for that. I look at it like this. I got it. I can't give it back. Let's see what we can do to go forward. Right. And I think that's really the best way to really go about just a lot of things in life because some things just can't be changed. So you just kind of have to um, take it in a positive way as best as you can. And so like what sort of treatment did you receive? Because I know like there's not technically a cure for um, MS, but like I know there's certain treatments that you can get. So like what type of treatment did you get? What was that process like? I'm on what you call Tisabri and it's a once a month infusion. So I was told, a lot of people hear about the Okravich commercial. That's what you see on TV. Mm -hmm. I was told Okravich was walking to the mailbox and Tosabri was running to the mailbox. And the way I got my first attack, I needed to run to the mailbox. So that's Mm -hmm. how I ended up on Tosabri. Okay. And like, how did the treatment affect you like physically and mentally? Because I know like, for example, with like cancer, sometimes chemo can be like very hard on like people mentally and physically. So it's like the treatment, I guess, for MS, at least your treatment um, makes you feel any type of way mentally or physically. When I get my infusion, I call it nap time. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm hooked up for about an hour. So after okay. they get my Benadryl and my Tylenol, I take me a good nap. Yeah. I know it's over time to go. Okay. Okay. So like um it's done like at the hospital. It's not really anything you do at home. No, it's done in the fusion center. Okay. Okay. Um, and so like I guess other than building the foundation, like, is there anything or anyone that you were able to turn to when you found out you were diagnosed, like immediately turned to? My wife. Like people, people just don't understand the how much she holds me down, holds me up. My kids, mm-hmm. like they're my they're my strength. Yes. Outside of my Lord and Savior, there's my they're my strength. Yes, I think yeah, and I think you have like a great support system, um, especially that lives like near you and with you. And I think that that's very important. Um, I know because like, especially if there's people that deal with it and they don't have any family or close friends there. So I think you are very blessed that you have like that circle of people that are there and support you. That's the biggest thing. Yes. Yes. Um, and so um, after your diagnosis, like what life changes did you have to face? Um, like, were you able to keep working at all or what happened? Like what transitions had to happen? When I first got diagnosed, I stayed in the hospital for a month. And mm-hmm. uh, while in the hospital, I was on a um, short-term um, leave. Then after I got out of the hospital, I wasn't ready to go back to work yet. So they you know, get putting me on long-term. After mm-hmm. a year, I ended up having to resign from my job I was out of work for about three years and I recently went back this year mm-hmm. in February. 
That's good. Um, and like, since being back, do you still like, I guess, enjoy it? Like, is it still as you remember it or is it a little different now? Um, it's it's different because I went from riding in a police car, patrolling mm -hmm. the streets, answering calls to sitting behind the desk. Mm -hmm. So it's totally different. Yeah. You see no action. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and so what do you feel like are um, some of like the biggest challenges that you've had to face in your day to day life, like just going through MS? And has it changed like since when you first got diagnosed and now that you've like progressed, have like the challenges gone down or? Um, the challenges went down tremendously. When I first got diagnosed, I had I couldn't sit up on my own. Mm -hmm. I couldn't basically couldn't do much of nothing on my own. I had to have help with just about everything. Mm -hmm. So now I'm to the point, I can, I'm driving again. Mm -hmm. um, I can get myself dressed again. Um, I'm going back to work. I can, I, I can, I got movement in my legs. It's, it's slowly coming back. So from, from day one to now, it's nothing, it's been nothing but progression. That's good. That's really good. Um, and like, do you feel like, I guess on like a mental health aspect, like just mindset has a lot to do with helping you feel like physically better? Mind has everything to do with it. I, I would say mind over matter. If, yes. if you don't have a strong mind, you, you're in trouble. Yeah. But, and you got to have that person around you that's telling you the truth, not mm. just telling you stuff to make you feel good. They, they telling you what you don't want to hear. Mm. Oh, you need to hear you got to have that support system right yes and I, yeah that's very important um i i know like a lot of people always say not to have like yes men in your corner and i feel like you need to have people that are going to be honest and help you stay on track especially if you're going through like a type of disease or something like you need those people to tell you like you need to eat this or whatever like keep you on track and not have you divert back so i think it's really good to have honest people in your corner so yes um and like what are things that you do or maybe like i guess any hobbies that you developed or something that eases your mind through your journey like any getaways that you have my getaway my hobby is the foundation um, mm -hmm. this past weekend we had our, our annual back to school giveaway we gave mm -hmm. 400 backpacks full of school supplies to see oh, those families walking out of there those kids smiling enjoying themselves that's my giveaway yes that's good um and i think that's really awesome um that you're taking it as an opportunity to like bless others versus kind of sitting and soaking in your sorrows um so i think that's a good approach for it and so you've always been very positive during your journey i know like sharing through social media like i follow your socials and you're always really positive so like where were you able to really dive into getting like that strength and resilience um, during this? I guess just just the, the, the way I was raised growing up, you know, mm -hmm. you see certain things growing up, you know, you got to be strong. Um, one mm -hmm. thing I was taught, we don't do pity parties. You know, we got to right. go forward. We can't sit around and, and just just pout. That don't nothing comes from that. Mm -hmm. so you just got to keep moving forward now don't get me wrong you have those days where you upset and you don't feel mm -hmm. like it but you can't you can't dwell in it you got to shake it off after a while mm -hmm. you don't have those moments but you can't you can't have it all day 
Right. Yes. Um, that's what I, I always say that um, in a lot of my podcast episodes, I always say like, it's okay. And, you know, to validate your feelings, have your moment. But if you sit and dwell in it, you're going to go all the way back to square one. Um, so you just have to have your moment and then let it go. So, um, and so can you tell um, the audience just a little more about um, like the MS Foundation, like um, why you started it and things that you do, how people can get involved, all of that. The, the reason I, um, the foundation was started because the out of, outpouring of support and love from my friends and family, my fraternity mm-hmm. brothers, Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated, mm-hmm. just the way they supported me, I felt like I needed to do something. Mm-hmm. So we started talking about the foundation. I came up with slow, um, you see the, we're on, they, they call us, we're the Q-Dogs. Mm-hmm. So you see the Bulldog, and then mm-hmm. the slogan is for a dog fears nothing. That's why we take a bite out of MS. That's mm-hmm. why you see the Bulldog biting on the MS bone. Mm-hmm. But we have an annual back to school giveaway. We have mm-hmm. our annual walk. We have our annual gala. We do the, um, the foundation is cmmsfoundation.org. All the information is on there. You see, you can see ways to donate. You can see the past things we've done. And it's just about bringing awareness. You know, sometimes people just need someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. Uh, just someone to listen. Uh, I met someone yesterday at the back to school that had MS. And she just needed someone to listen. Right. You know, someone that understood what she was talking about and what she was going through. Because mm-hmm. you got once you go through something, you got a lot of doctors that never went to medical school. Mm-hmm. everybody know what you're going through everybody know what you need to do mm-hmm. so somebody that's going through a similar situation they just want somebody to listen mm-hmm. yes i think um it can just be very good to have somebody that knows what you're going through um and so like that kind of makes me think of the question of do you connect a lot with other people with ms like through the organization do other people that have ms also join you um do collaborations or anything i have a few people reach out but mm-hmm. more so i just have people reach out right everybody that i talk to it don't always be ms they mm-hmm. might be going through a, some, a similar situation a good friend of mine one of my frat brothers he got what you call Gillian beret mm-hmm. um Right before I got diagnosed, maybe six months, he woke up one morning and was paralyzed from the neck down. Oh, wow. They told him he would never walk again. Mm. He just graduated from Duke University getting his nursing degree. Wow. Walking around driving. That's my inspiration. Yeah. We got two total different um, diagnoses, but we got similar stories. Mm. So you just got to find somebody you can talk to and somebody that's moving positive just like you. Right. But different people reach out. I'm open to talk to anyone. It's not just about MS. I just mm-hmm. have to talk with MS. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's good. Like people being able to just have something um, like somewhere to go. People that understand um, their journey and, you know, people that kind of like being around, I guess, like-minded people. Because, um, you know, I feel like it would be hard if you had connect it with somebody else that maybe takes it on in a more negative way but then the, I guess it could also be good because you can I guess pass on your positivity to them and help another person so I think it's just good because it's almost like just like this positivity chain that doesn't end with your foundation so 
Um, and speaking of um, MS um, and connecting with other people like that, are there any signs or symptoms of MS that you would recommend people like look out for in their own bodies or like some signs that maybe made you um, realize that it could be MS? Now that I, I found a little, found out more about MS, double mm -hmm. vision in the eyes is a sign. The tingling in your arms and your legs is a sign. Mm -hmm. um, just, just if, if if your body is talking to you, something don't feel right, go get checked. You know, especially mm -hmm. as a man, we don't get checked like we're supposed to. Right. Go get checked. You never know what it is, and don't just let the doctor send you home. If you're not mm -hmm. happy with that doctor, go somewhere else. Because some doctors will just tell you one thing and try to give you a prescription and tell you you're gonna be all right and that's not the case you, you got mm -hmm. to follow up you got to follow up yes um and i think it's very important especially if you are like a minority because a lot of the times we are um a little overlooked in the medical field so i think it's just very important to just go to like your annuals and you know even if you feel like it's just something simple or basic you know that is off it's still something that's not normal to you and you should still get it checked out because i guess it's always better to be safe than sorry so and is there any um, other advice you would give for people regarding taking care of their health, both mentally and physically, um, especially for men? Get those physicals, get those routine checkups. Like you got to stop, stop saying, you know, you know how we do as minorities, you won't feel good. You go get some ginger ale. Yes. <laughs> you get an ibuprofen, you know. Don't don't do that. Go get checked out because mm -hmm. you never know what's going on. But I, I also say what's for you is for you. Mm -hmm. Your story is your story, no matter right. how you look at it. Mm -hmm. What happened to me? This is my story. This is my journey. And it's taking me in a whole new walk of life. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, um, July is Minority Mental Health Awareness Month um, and because a lot of the times minorities, especially men, um, don't get the adequate attention or treatment when it comes to their mental health. So could you share just you, your personal story as a Black man, like how you manage your mental health, especially, you know, while going through MS and just sharing the advice you would give to minorities in general with um, managing it? Um, like any type of remedies or anything that you do to help with your mental health once again it goes back to that support system me personally mm -hmm. i like to talk yes <laughs> I, I, i'll talk to a cricket in the grass <laughs> so, i mean that that's just how i am if somebody's around i'm gonna talk mm -hmm. but everybody's not like that mm -hmm. so sometimes that person who don't like to talk just just speak to someone Mm -hmm. I was talking to somebody the other day and they um they said they spoke to someone at the at the um hospital. Mm -hmm. And then they said it was there another time one day and they seen him again. And the mm -hmm. person walked up to him and said, Thank you. And it was like, mm -hmm. well, what do you mean, thank you? They said you spoke to me last time. Nobody ever speak to me. And I was thinking about committing suicide, but you spoke to mm -hmm. me. It, 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 it shocked them and that make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. You never know what someone is going through. Right. So that's why I always say speak. I mean, if I talk to you, you don't want to talk so big, I keep moving, but I did my part. Right. 
Yeah, I, I definitely, I always um, say that as well. Like you just never know because um, the happiest people on the outside really are going through something possibly. Um, so just being kind and just taking the time to speak to people. And, um, you know, like you said, if even if they don't want to engage, I mean, at least you did your part. And I think that that's what really matters. Um, and I think also for people that maybe don't like to speak, maybe at least trying it one time, <laughs> like maybe just trying, uh, but just seeing, cause you never know, like sometimes people don't even realize how much they're holding on to until they actually speak to somebody and then they feel better. So just at least try it, see where it goes. But yes. Um, and specifically, I guess for MS or any other type of like serious um, illness that anybody is going through, what advice would you give them, um, especially for people who are maybe more on like the negative side and is feeling really sad or down about their diagnosis? It's, it's not an end all tell all, just, just think positive. Like I say, I can say this all day, I can talk about all this, but we all have our days, just, just don't dwell in it. And, Find something you like to do. If you like to watch TV, watch TV. Some days I just go sit out on the back porch and just enjoy some of the sun, get some of that vitamin, vitamin D. Mm -hmm. but remember, everybody is going through something. It's somebody out there worse than you. One thing I used to say when I'm in therapy, when I first started going to therapy, mm -hmm. I'm trying to sit up and I see somebody on the other side of the room. They upset because they sitting, they doing sit-ups. And then you look further in the room, somebody upset because they starting to take steps. And then you got somebody already upset because they're running. My goal mm -hmm. is when I had to learn how to sit up, to learn how to do sit-ups, to mm -hmm. go start, start taking steps, to start running. Mm -hmm. So that person that's upset about running, I'm right behind them upset about, you know, trying to take steps. It's, it's, it's right. all the process. It's all right. the process. Long as, long as tomorrow is better than today. Right. Yes. Progression is key and it all starts mentally. So, yeah. Um, but thank you so much for um, sharing your journey and advice. Um, so now I'm going to transition into the Let's Discuss segment. And so usually when I have guests on the show, I kind of skip this segment. But with Corey, I really wanted to... <laughs> wanted to do it because he introduced me to this really cool thing where you like you get a rubber duck and you put it on um a person's car specifically a jeep but um he put like a really cool marketing kind of twist to it so like he adds his business card to the foundation um onto the rubber duck and so people can find out more information so do you want to talk a little bit more about that um and have you like noticed any increased engagement or anything since doing that a little bit it's called uh anybody with a jeep throughout the world they the, the jeep crew that's what they call themselves <laughs> but it's called the little rubber duckies duck your jeep if you know if you start riding through start looking at people's jeeps and look at their, their windshield you'll see ducks across the dashboard mm -hmm. so what we do is um the cmms foundation we got our labels on it. So you might come out to your Jeep and it might say you've been ducked by the CMMS Foundation. And it's a QR code on it with our website on it. So you can let you know about the foundation, some of the things we do. And no matter where we go, we got ducks in all of our cars. We got one Jeep, then we got two other cars, but the ducks are in all the cars. So when we duck somebody's car and we're not in a Jeep, 
they looking mm-hmm. at us like, but <laughs> so we got a Jeep and my kids love it. Mm-hmm. I don't care where we go, we take the ducks. And it's to the point is my neighbors about, they told me yesterday, they're about to go to a, um, in Memphis, I mean, I think t- somewhere in Tennessee, they're mm-hmm. going to a big Jeep convention. So they're going <laughs> to take a bunch of ducks. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it so much when I first heard about it. I mean, I'm probably late onto the trend, but I just thought it was so cool to see you guys do that. Um, and I think it's also just a very good way to really get engagement to, um, you know, for anybody that has an organization or a business or something. And of course, like, um, if you do have a Jeep and you don't have an organization or a business, you can always like just attach a note or like have some motivational words or something on um, the duck too. But I just loved it when I heard about it. But of course, um, I will say just proceed with caution for anybody that does do it because, you know, Please. people these days people these days are wild so <laughs> if, you, if you duck a jeep and to sit in your car and see them come out and see the ducks on a jeep it lights them up yes it is and i've noticed it so much since i first seen you do it like every time i see a jeep i'm like oh my gosh i was like they have the ducks so, <laughs> so yes so now into the heart to heart segment So the Motivation Monday quote of the week was, you can't wait until life isn't hard anymore to decide to be happy. Um, And I really love this quote. I was um, on YouTube recently and on my recommended feed, I saw that um, this America's Got Talent video of this group and they were singing a song um, that that they said was really special. And then um, as soon as they started singing it, all the judges, they like had like this shocked look on their faces and they were getting really emotional. And so I'm like, I'm like, what is this song? And so then they um, explained that a few years back they had a contestant on the show. And so she was fighting cancer um, and she called herself Nightbird. And she sung that as um, like an original song. She created it. And she ended up passing away. And so, you know, naturally I wanted to know more about her because, you know, they talked about how amazing her spirit was. So I searched her up and she said um, the quote about, you can't wait until life isn't hard anymore to decide to be happy. Um, And it really just kind of moved me because that's so true because oftentimes I think we unintentionally rob ourselves of living life to the fullest because we're so focused on just waiting until everything in life is perfectly aligned and when everything is just going well and when we're at our happiest point but in reality like we're imperfect beings so there will never be like that perfect moment to do really anything you have to just do it Um, You have to just keep living and you have to just conquer the storms and just find that trust circle of people who are willing to uplift you during the storms that you may face. Um, So just, you know, continue being resilient and just live life to the fullest and everything will work out the way that it's meant to be. So Corey, do you have anything else you want to add or anything else that you didn't get to mention earlier that you want to say? A quote I like is, trauma creates change you don't choose. Mm. Healing, healing is about creating change you do choose. Right. And that's from someone, um, Michelle Rosenthal. Oh, I think mm. I said their last name right. But I mm. like that quote. Yes. I think, yeah, that's very true. It is. Um, 
And so um, is there anything else you would like to add before we wrap up this episode? No, I just appreciate your time. I'm honored to be on your show. (laughs) So some background. (laughs) So a little bit of background. So me and Corey, we are cousins. um, And so um, he's always been like, you know, why have I never been a guest on the show? And so I was like, oh my gosh, yes, I should have had him as a guest. So I'm very glad that we finally got to put this together for my audience. So... Um, and I hope that your words are able to move, even if it's just one person, just anybody. Um, and hopefully people will um, reach out or follow you and um, get more traction for your foundation, because I think it's for a really great cause. So um, thank you again for just being a part of this episode and for being open and sharing your story and advice. And you know, like I always say, I think you're very strong, you're amazing, and you're very dedicated. So um, just keep it up. And I just really look forward to continuing to watch you on your journey. And um, I'm very excited to see where you go. So thank you. Yes. Um, and again, please be sure to follow Corey's foundation on Facebook at CMMS Foundation. Um, and then would you like them to be able to contact you on email or? Our email is contact at cmmsfoundation.org. Yes. Um, and that is, oh, sorry. Go you ahead. Can go to, sorry. You can go to the website, cmmsfoundation.org, and it has a contact a section to Okay. Thank you um, again for being here and thank you for your time. That is all for today's episode of Talks with Tatiana. Please make sure to follow me on Instagram at Talks with Tatiana underscore on Facebook at Talks with Tatiana and on Twitter at Talks with Tatiana without the S after talk. Turn on your post notifications and please leave ratings, reviews, and share with your friends. Until next time, remember, stay open, stay kind, and keep fighting the good fight. Yeah.